0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Just our explosiveness, right? I don't know if you, we took four or five screens to the house in one year. I I remember Robert Smith taking screens to the house and uh, just us being able to really strike from everywhere. Chris Carter converting on third downs. Um, And then we had the one-two punch. um, Leroy Horde, Robert, Scotty Graham closed out games as bruisers. Um, We just really had a little bit of everything.
2: On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day it's the ron johnson show part of locked on sports minnesota and it starts now
0: ron johnson show and i am your host ron johnson my producer sam Ekstrom is going to join us in a minute today's show i'm excited about we have robert griffith former vikings defensive back uh robert is another you know Darius Butler yesterday we were getting our NBA at Fordham Robert Griffiths is another guy I mean I know him from when I played for the Gophers but he was a guy as well that you know was getting his NBA with me at Fordham uh so Robert and I got close to that through various shows over the last you know eight years of working Vikings game day live uh we're gonna talk of course Vikings uh what's going on with the team what's next uh and then we got to dive into some uh other sports we'll call it the toy department whatever you want to call it but we're gonna have some fun with some other sports as well in the daily three coming up later but first as i bring sam extra in, sam i saw in the media and this hasn't dominated the media yet because it hasn't happened yet but colin kaepernick has finally gotten a real opportunity now again it's just a speculated reach out call um but there is a message out there by Adam Schefter, which usually, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, usually pretty like on the know that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to bring in Colin Kaepernick. You look at Devontae Adams. You look at that team, how it's built. Uh, You look at Vegas. I mean, Vegas wants to sell out the stadium. If I'm an owner and I just want to create sizzle, yeah, Devontae Adams is sizzle. David Carr, Derek Carr, sorry, sizzle. Uh, David, play with me. Uh, We we got drafted the same (laughs) year. Uh, But Derek Carr uh is sizzle um Darren Waller winning that will get fans but but Colin Kaepernick will get fans there for training camp if you have Colin Kaepernick around early one it's Vegas so who wouldn't want to go to the desert and go to the casino and party and sit at the beach and and, or or, sorry not the beach the pool um and, and have a cocktail or two at the bar but then also I get to go see if Colin Kaepernick is good Or is this all hype? You know, did he really sit sit out for six years because he was blackballed by the NFL, or was he really just not good anymore? So that's why I think the, the Las Vegas Raiders are on or something, Sam. Um, I, I, I do see, you know, people now understanding social justice is important. Um, when you see the first cop kind of convicted in the George Floyd murder, I think more and more people are starting to realize, you know what? These guys are like bad people. Like not all of them, you know, I, I look at it like this. People always say this. And before I turn over to you, it's, it's terrible to look at a group of people and, and blame them and ostracize them for their worst people. And it's tough to look at a person in their face. They've done nothing wrong. And you just say, oh, this person might be bad, or this person might be a bad person. Black people deal with this all the time, so when people say that about cops, like we can't put all the cops, stop putting all the black people in the same bucket. And so when Colin Kaepernick did that, that was at a time when it was at its worst. It was social media was blowing up over it. Um, people were just like Mod uh, Aubrey, you know, um, you know, when you look at his murder of of guys saying we have him cornered. He's just a guy jogging down the street, no weapons, no nothing, and. They thought he deserved to die because allegedly he's a he's a, a burglar. Even if he was – and this is the thing. Even if he was a burglar, no weapon, there's no reason for that. But sticking to Colin Kaepernick, I'm wondering. Now, this thing, they're just bringing him in for a workout. I would not – I would be okay. And I don't know where you stand. I would be okay with the Vikings bringing him in for a workout. This is why. Kirk Cousins has been healthy. We know that. But Colin Kaepernick with his legs gives you something that if you make it work, 49ers versus Packers playoff game, it can be dangerous. Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks that can throw and run have seemed to make it work in the NFL. Not saying you take Kirk Cousins out for Colin Kaepernick, but I'm like, why not have an additional package in there when you know you need something like a speed option with the quarterback, Um, when you can add different levels to your offense, Uh, if you do need a really good backup? Is 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 Sean Mannion, we've seen what he did with the Packers game, is he a guy that can get you through the rest of the season? Or I don't know if that was the Bears game Sean Mannion playing, but is he a guy that can get you going for the rest of the season? Is Kellen Mond the answer? I look at Kellen Mond, honestly, and you look at his college stats, Um. You know, 800 completions, 1,300 attempts, 59% on his college career, almost 10,000 yards passing, uh, 71 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. Not bad. But do you think he can become a guy that can lead a team? He's your third-round draft pick. Or can Colin Kaepernick maybe be the backup that can be your Nick Foles for the Eagles and find out and keep the season going? You know, that or your Case Keenum for the Vikings and keep the season going. Like That's the question um, that I pose to you, Sam, because I wouldn't be opposed to Colin Kaepernick battling with Mannion and Kellen Mond, because everybody seems to not be sold on Ma. Now, we know Zimmer was a little bit hard on him, so maybe he needs to be nurtured as well. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to Colin Kaepernick being the backup or fighting for the backup job for the Vikings at camp.
2: So, as always, I like to try to acknowledge both sides of this. So, on one hand, Colin Kaepernick absolutely should have had a shot somewhere before this. Six years is a long time. Um, and when you look at the level of quarterback play in the league, especially in the backup ranks, he definitely has the credentials to have earned a shot. And when I look at what what Las Vegas has behind Derek Carr, Jared Stidham, Nick Mullins, yeah. What does it hurt to bring him in and at least see what he can do? And Mm -hmm. that same thing would apply to the Vikings. Is Nate Stanley really a better use of a roster spot than Colin Kaepernick? The price is gonna be right. after six years off, Colin Kaepernick's not costing you anything. So what does it hurt to have him come in? Now, the Vikings old regime really abided by non-competitive backups. They wanted a backup who would be Kirk Cousins' studying buddy. With all due respect to Sean Mannion, Mm -hmm. they liked Sean because of his practice habits, because of his classroom habits, and he would support Kirk. They've never had anyone who came in competitively with Kirk. And the Rick Spielman era, they were averse to any kind of sideshow, any kind of distraction. They didn't want to have extra reporters coming in asking questions, and there would be that with Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick. So if you make that move, you are accepting that. But maybe this regime is different. Maybe Kwesi and Kevin O'Connell are more receptive to that kind of thing. And once again, it does not hurt to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm looking at this, if I'm taking the names out, and I'm just looking at the age, the cost. Do I want a 34-year-old who hasn't played in six years? Or do I want a 23-year-old, whatever Mond is, mm-hmm. who's still under contract for three more years and has a lot sure. of upside? You probably lean with the younger guy. Yep. just in terms oh, yeah. of contract status and age. Um, but I, I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick couldn't come in and, and look decent. I mean, right. all the reports are that he's been working out and, and still has that that natural athleticism. So mm-hmm. I'd be intrigued at minimum, Ron.
0: Yeah, and there's the thing. That's to say, I'm not opposed to it. Now, this is the one thing I will say, to be critical of it, I never liked Colin Kaepernick's throwing motion. Like, it always seemed like he wasn't holding the ball properly, or it was in the wrong spot. Like, it looked like he put it on a shelf, and then he's like, it was just a weird throwing motion. His ability to just run, I think, is what sold it because that's, you look at all those games, you know, he does the, 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 the bicep kiss after he runs for a touchdown. That's where the 49ers did well with him, you know, the running. That's why I feel like, you know, I think Trey Lance is probably their future. Um, I mean, definitely the way they draft him in hat, but I think with his mobility, you look at that run game and all that. And so when I look at Colin Kaepernick, um, can Kevin O'Connell even create an offense uh, that he's viable? Because right now it's a pocket, you know, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff type of offense. You know, you sit back in the pocket, you read, you're going to have dump off hot routes. Uh, you got to get out of the blitz, you know, yourself. You got to check out of this. You got to, you know, do what you need to do. Um, but I look, again, I go back to the stats though in college. Colin Kaepernick had better college stats than uh Calaman, his pro stats for sure he's a 12,000 yard passer 72 touchdowns 30 interceptions uh 69 games played uh close to 60 completions so decent you know pretty good pretty good quarterback but you're right 34 years old is old in football terms but he's been rested for six years he hasn't beat his body up he hasn't taken hits he hasn't um you know he's just been running around lifting weights. Um, so you know, but watching the Michigan warm up wor- or workout, you call it, I guess, spring game, I watched the whole thing. I recorded it because I wanted to go back and watch it. Um, he looked okay, like he missed some throws. Uh, some of the receivers weren't great, they dropped some balls right in their hands, so that didn't help. Um, but overall, for a guy that hadn't played in six years, again, no shoulder pads on, though, no helmet, no guy coming at him, he looked okay. But again, I never liked his throwing motion, I thought his athleticism is what made him. Uh, one of the, you know, not top quarterbacks, but quarterback that can get you to a Super Bowl. And he did it. So, I mean, he knows how to win. He knows how to maintain games. Um, I I just think, you know, he mentally wore on himself with all the interviews, all the social justice stuff. Never really had a true PR person to help him understand and explain his message. I mean, it was, it never seemed calculated. It always was like, well, I did this today because of it. Like, it just, he needed a calculated person to help him get his message out. I think he started to do it now. He partnered with Netflix, so on and so forth. Um, but no, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Now, is he the should he be the backup over Mon? No. Should he be the third quarterback? Maybe. You know, if you think Manion or Mon is two, Kaepernick is three. Okay, if you just want to give him a shot down on the roster. But again, why have a 34-year-old as your third quarterback? Well, I mean, you've done it before with older guys. It's a totally different story. Uh, you look at Jake or what Jake, whatever his name, Peterman, Nate Peterman, or I think <laughs> that's his name. You know, he's still yeah. getting jobs. So, yeah, I I I hope Colin Kaepernick gets a chance, but but that that Kellen Mon. I definitely want to see where he's at. Because then, it, like, let's say Kaepernick kills in the preseason this year for somebody, and then you're looking at Mod, and he's still making the same mistakes that Zimmer thought he was making. Then I could see it. I could, I could understand where they would go from there. But up next on the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to have Vikings former defensive back Robert Griffith. Cannot wait to talk to him. Stay tuned for that. If you enjoy the Ron Johnson show, you'll enjoy our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's superior sports talk with Carol Levins, sports director Reggie Wilson and his co-host Luke Inman. Whether it's Twins, Vikings, Wolves or Wild, Reggie and Luke have it covered. All the breaking news, all the big opinions. Catch their show five days a week by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on the Rod Johnson show. We have another Robert, former Vikings. That's Robert Griffith, former Vikings DB. Just like Darius Butler, Robert Griffith and I were getting our uh, MBAs at Fordham University before the pandemi- pandemic took hold. But I've known Rob since I was in college. I watched him play when I was with the Gophers. Uh, we got to meet a couple times doing Vikings shows, Vikings Day, uh, Live, Vikings Game Day Live, all that stuff. Uh, Robert, man, I want to thank you for joining the show. Let's just jump into this.
1: Yeah, everybody wants to well, know i mean you got so much by stuff the way, out I there am finishing my, i am finishing my uh fordham now so i'll be finished okay. real soon yeah <laughs> I'm. Very yeah proud. i know i,
0: I kind of slowed it down i haven't had time yeah. to like get back into it and get out there but i know you got you know I'm, I'm proud of you though i'm trying to trying to figure this out but so rob when we look at this vikings memories i mean there's all kinds there's some that people love to talk about and, and talk about on twitter love boat we'll jump into that maybe. Uh, you got the '98 season. You got uh, the Denny Greens. You got the Brian Billicks, You got all, Randy Moss. What's one of your favorite Vikings memories of, of you? You know, when you were a player, just being around.
1: Okay, so I want to clarify. I was not around on the team when all that love boat nonsense was happening. <laughs> so just to clarify, I was in Cleveland or Arizona, one of the two, but I was not on the team. Uh, what? But I will go back. So my favorite Vikings. You know, believe it or not, I hit it off with a lot of Ohio State guys. So. I was number 24, Robert Smith, um, number 26, and then Scotty Graham was number 31. Yeah. And so I'm sur- surrounded around these Buckeyes and then Chris Carter, we had the same agent. Um, and so I just remember um, having very intellectual conversations with both Robert and uh, Scotty Graham. Um, I actually babysitted Scotty Graham's kids on their <laughs> date night. So I was single. He was married with a couple young kids. And so I would come in, his wife would make cookies for me. And I would uh, watch, you know, watch TV while they go on a date and whatnot. So Scotty Graham is probably my favorite Viking um, with a close second to Robert Smith, just because of the daily 10 hours a day with the same guys, you know, um, just in intellectual conversations. And um, those are my dudes, man. So I'd probably say those two, Scotty Graham, 1A, Robert Smith, 1B
0: and i mean you 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 like you said chris carter randy moss jay reed uh what do you remember most about like that offense robert smith randy moss chris carter like what was an offensive memory where you're just like man that's crazy
1: just our explosiveness right i don't know if you we took four or five screens to the house in one year I, i remember robert smith taking screens to the house and uh, just us being able to really strike from everywhere, Chris Carter converting on third downs. Um, and then we had the one two punch, um, Leroy Horde, Roberts, uh, uh Scotty Graham closed out games as bruisers. Um, we just really had a little bit of everything, believe it or not. Ra- Randall Cunningham at the time um, was able to move a little bit. I mean, he was not the 1990 Randall, but. Uh, he, you know, got a few first downs with his legs. And so I think we had a little bit of everything. I think we were known for Randy going down, you know, his coming out party and yeah. stuff. But um, it was really an all-around tough offense to handle, you know. So I think that's what I remember the most. We we can hit you up top with Randy, but um, our strong offensive line, we had Big K, um uh, Randall McDaniel, uh, Christy, uh, big Dave Dixon, like when you start looking at these numbers around like, I mean, all these guys were solid, formidable players, uh, perennial pro bowlers. We had a Hall of Famer on there um, and then another Hall of Famer, essentially Randall, um, uh, you know, after Warren Moon um, behind centers. So and then we had Dante. Right. So it's just uh, I think it was pretty more much more of a solid overall talented based. Um, offense that was built pretty good
0: and and so looking at this new regime you got Kevin O'Connell Kwesi you had before that you had Mike Zimmer and uh Rick Spielman and and looking at just the head coaches you know you're hearing guys like Eric Kendricks uh you're hearing offensive linemen make these comments about a fear-based organization that you know Mike Zimmer struck fear in these guys and uh they didn't feel like he was approachable in the hallway and they didn't feel like they saw him a lot if you're an offensive player because he spent so much time with the defense and then you look back at Denny Green, and so now you see Kevin O'Connell, former player, former quarterback, back up to the, uh, Tom Brady with New England, uh, play with the Jets. And so, you know, Darius Butler played with Kevin O'Connell with New England. And then Steve Weish for the NFL Network said, you know, in LA, Kevin O'Connell was that dude. Like he's a player. He has that stiff jaw, like Captain America, you know, walks around, wants to have fun, throws the football, you right. know, in practice. You know, those kind of coaches that still want to show you they got an arm. Um, when you look at Denny Green, and his style of coaching, and I heard stories from Brian Billick about it. Um, you know, as far as being a player's coach, guys like Ray Lewis, Billick kind of treated Ray Lewis like Denny Green would treat a, you know, whoever Randy Moss or uh you know, Chris Carter, um, Robert
1: Griffith, yeah,
0: or Robert <laughs> Griffith, yeah. Like wh- whose style? Like right. was Denny more of a like? Were you guys like? Did you guys fear Denny, or was it more of a like he was a player's coach with Denny Green? Like, does he favor Kevin O'Connell more or Mike Zimmer?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know Zim that. That uh, well, but I heard you know a few stories. Obviously, a lot of guys talk, um, but I would say he's definitely more like Kevin O'Connell. Um, but Denny had the respect. I think that's what everybody when they hit the door, it was a, a certain way you had to act. You know, professional was knowing your your job. We didn't have a running test, right? In shape, or you're either getting cut or. The team's going to move on without you. It's your responsibility. And so um, I'll name a couple of Dennyisms. You know, know your role and be the better role. That's ingrained every player that's played for Denny. I can say it to whoever's on the phone. They'll go, oh, yeah, that's Denny. Um, because that's what it was about. So every man hold his water. That was another saying. So do your job. Be the best at your job.
0: And, and you played safety at a high level for yes. a long time. Um, looking at Harrison Smith, looking at Lewis yep. Cene, Vikings first round draft pick, how can an old dog help the new pup out? And then what can the new pup bring to that secondary?
1: Oh man, a lot. You know, I when I saw that kid, I I not saying I uh I thought of myself, but I really thought about the skill set he has. Um, these guys are a lot. So Harrison uh, was six two. So these are taller than me. You know, I'm six feet. They're six two, two hundred pounds, two hundred plus. But his skill set, um, he does just enough to be able to get better at everything and be an all pro player. Um, uh, he can run like everybody. Right, he's a four three guy. Um, he's and I think that's the the big thing is that he's coming in with this aggressive so what he can learn a couple of things one the game right hashes are different feels just a little bit different the way you friend i don't care how many rpo offenses they come in the college knowing where to be and getting on the same page with harrison on the little stuff so the reason why i think i was able to play well for a long time is because i knew the regular defense I mean, cover three is cover three but where are you going to be where I'm in that gray area where now a quarterback doesn't know if I'm disguising, if I'm coming down, or if I'm like getting these little spots where you're on the same page with the other safety where now you can bait quarterbacks, um, you can disguise that the, um, so the nuances is what I'm saying. Um, I know he can tackle, I know he can run, I'm excited, I think Harrison's going to really um, shine this year. He's going to have even even better year than um, years before because of this guy.
0: I want to thank Robert Griffin for joining the Ron Johnson show today. And you heard it there. You look at Patrick Peterson, Darius Butler brought that up, made the Pro Bowl, all pro as a rookie. So if Lewis Seen can learn from Harrison Smith, the Vikings might have two Pro Bowl safeties in this first year under the Lewis scene, new look defense, Mike, uh, Donna, Ed Donatell's new look 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rob, man, I want to thank you. Up next, we got the daily three, that's three questions in three minutes. Stay tuned. Do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gork for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. Well, it's that time. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes apiece. Take it away, Sam.
2: On Tuesday at OTAs, we talked to Dalvin Tomlinson, the defensive tackle, who's going to be a big part of that defensive line and stopping the run. And that's been a problem for the Vikings, Ron, the past two years, even though they had Michael Pierce last year and Dalvin Tomlinson still couldn't stop the run. So do you think that this shift to a three, four, is that going to help the Vikings start uh, stuffing these ball carriers? How do they fix that run defense?
0: yeah so the three four um from a passing standpoint definitely uh confuses a quarterback from a run standpoint um not to get too deep into the weeds it's a count so normally the way i was taught is you're counting uh the guy that's either head up or attached to the nose so you can put him in the zero count and then from there his right or his left you count every other guy if there's three guys left and there's four guys right and that ends up being a seven- or eight-man box, you run the ball to the three-man side. If the nose is cocked to one side and you're putting him into the count to the right, same thing. The 3-4 can be effective. One, if your nose guard is eating up two guys and you know and being able to take on the guard and the center, if he's singled up with just the center or the guard and he gets through and creates havoc, um, it's forcing the the, the the running back to have to stop his momentum. So if it's an outside zone, he's not able to get to where he's trying to get to And he has to either cut back, slow down, bounce it, Um, and then you have additional speed on the field in your linebackers that are scraping. So instead of um, a guard or a center being able to reach, which means you're just leaving your guy going to the next guy, reach uh, the linebacker or the tight end being able to, you know, hook his guy with the tackle and then reach the linebacker. Now, all of a sudden, you have linebackers that can shoot the gap because you have extras. So, yes, it can fix the run game if your guys flow. It's going to come down to Eric Kendricks and uh, Jordan Hicks uh, or Brian Asamoah uh, because those are the guys that are going to have to flow. They're going to have to move together. Uh, if you watch you know the way that the Packers did with Devondre Campbell, um, it, it's an all-out attack. You just keep attacking, attacking, attacking. I remember the Ravens uh, had a similar thing where they went from a, a 4-3 to a 3-4. Ray Lewis wasn't happy uh, because in the 4-3, the, linebacker, the middle linebackers is covered. When you go to a three four um it's a little different and now he's uncovered because the guard the guards are uncovered so they can reach the linebackers right away he has no protection it ended up being good for ray long term because he realized what was going to happen what the help so in a long story short with the scheme yes they can fix the run game but it comes down to the players to be honest at the end of the day you can line up wherever you want but if you can't get to the guy if you don't want to make that tackle it does not matter if you're not the abusive aggressive person in this fight it's not going to matter you have to take the fight to them create a second line of scrimmage force them to have to make secondary moves and not just be able to get going full speed downhill i think that's the is it becomes a mentality that i think is darius smith is going to add that early mentality and then again you're getting guys back that were hurt you know you get daniel hunter back so a lot of that's going to change
2: With everybody running that wide zone now, too, it it does come down to your defensive backs a lot of times and your outside linebackers. Because you can have a Harrison Phillips and a Dalvin Tomlinson on the interior, but teams are going to run away from them. Like Teams ran away from Michael Pierce all the time. Uh, So the impact of those big nose tackles kind of gets diminished when teams can run to the outside. So that's where you need Dantzler, Peterson, Sullivan. Harrison Smith crashing down. Uh, you need those guys to be the ones to tackle. And, and Eric Hendricks had a sneaky poor year in tackling, I felt like, last year. He needs to have a little bit of a bounce back in
0: 2022.
2: Yeah. All right, question number two. Carl Anthony Towns made the NBA all or – I'm sorry, the all-NBA third team, which activates the Supermax contract extension. So now the Timberwolves have the right to offer him Four years, $211 million, Ron. It's not a bad payday. I think that's over $50 million a year. So the question to you is, does Cat get offered and accept the Supermax?
0: I mean, if he gets offered, he definitely is going to accept it. Uh, I don't see – I mean, I've seen – I guess I have seen guys turn down money for a different team. I think he's where he wants to be. I think he loves Anthony Edwards. I think he loves D'Lo. We don't know if D'Lo is going to be here. Um, Do they offer it to him? uh that's the question like and that's where i honestly i am torn i am so torn because in my opinion with his size his ability to shoot his ability to when he really wants to turn it on turn it on uh but then you look at the moments where he shrunk and he was small and he wasn't visible he wasn't in the game he didn't help his team um he looked like he wanted to go home uh frustrated with the foul calls going off on referees that's 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 the times where fans like man if this guy can be a killer every single time, then yes, he's worth the $211 million. Um, That's where I struggle is Is he worth that? Is he that guy every single time? But we've seen guys like John Wall get it. We've seen James Harden get it. We've seen all these guys get it that don't deserve it and haven't played since they've gotten it. So I don't really know because I feel like it's a little bit of a curse sometimes with this Supermax uh, maybe the money's so heavy that they're getting hurt. I don't know. Like it's been a curse with some of these big Supermax contracts of guys just never coming back from it and being healthy or requesting trades after they get them, and then you know other teams not you know having to figure out ways to pick it up and can they handle it another salary cap. But if they offer it, yeah, he's gonna accept it. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. Um, you know, I, I did see you know Miami Heat made a, a or Joel and said Miami Heat need another big man or superstar. I don't see Carl Anthony Towns jumping to South Beach. I could see Embiid doing it because, like, he hasn't seemed happy. He's seen all his guys leave, Ben Simmons. Now James Harden, acting like he might, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I could I could see Carl Anthony Towns, you know, sticking around Minneapolis. I just don't. eleven. that's a lot. That's a lot of money.
2: Yeah. I kind of think you have to offer it. I think you do because if you don't, you're, you're a young nucleus, right? You're only going to get better. Towns is a veteran superstar. Mm-hmm. kind of brings it all together. Like without towns, your young nucleus is still is then missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, and if you don't offer that, well, then you are getting into trade territory, you yeah, get into those last true. two years of the contract, if things go south, and you're struggling at the trade deadline, then you do kind of have to start thinking about parting ways and getting value, um, because true. he might be getting disgruntled. Um, so I, just for the security, I think you have to do it. You can't let superstars uh, or star, whatever you want to classify him as. If it's not superstar, it's definitely star. Um, You got to keep those guys around in Minnesota when you have them. True. Last one, baseball question for you. The Twins lost yesterday in extra innings, four to two. And uh, I wanted to get your take on the extra inning rule, which seems to be permanent now. The runner on second to Mm -hmm. start extra innings. Um, How do you feel about it? You like it, dislike it, would you keep it forever?
0: It's the international overtime rule. Um, I, I learned that in my daughter's softball, um, uh, because they do it as well in tournaments when it's extra innings. Um, uh, they do the same thing. They put a girl on second and then you start from there. I like it because then you don't have a bunch of zero 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 innings of people that can't even reach base. Now that person's at second, there's a pass ball, that person's at third. If it's a sacrifice fly, that person's at third, sacrifice fly, person's home. Now you got one run in. Uh, next team has to get similar chemistry or whatever i remember the twins tigers game last summer i was there for same thing happened extra innings um and i think the twins had a walk-off same thing like a pop fly that the guy could not play it uh guy comes home uh and he scored either that or he caught it but it was shallow enough that he ran and beat the throw home but either way they had a walk-off slide home um it it happened Uh, I like it. I I think anytime you can make any sport faster, you have to do it. And that's the way you do it. You don't want to go 15, 16 innings and people oh my God, it was four or five hour game. It was so crazy. No, it's not crazy. It was boring. You just watch guys go out, 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 out. That's boring. Let's get some runs. Let's force the other team, just like overtime in sports, like college every like force it that's why the nfl is trying to figure out ways to get more offense on the field for overtime you want to make it as exciting as possible for the fans and i think baseball's figured it out that's one way to do it
2: yeah we don't need six hour games when they're playing 162 of them correct um, the o- only problem with it is is that you can score that run without the aid of a hit i mean the ground ball advances the runner to third fly out scores them you don't need a hit To score that run so that's a a little like that's not i mean what is the pitcher going to do in that case just throws arms up i did what i needed to do um but all in all i think it's better for the game it keeps the games moving and and fans are leaving extra inning games anyway i mean it's not like they're going to stick around for 18 innings so you may as well you know get the fans out of there with uh with resolution after 10 or 11 innings
0: but think about baseball is not sudden death both teams get a chance so hey why not make it, even if you're going to go 16 innings, at least make it a bunch of one, 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 one? You know, like it scores, it's two scores yeah. back to four. You know, you have to now you know you have to score. It also changes the mindset. Like, like you said, a grounder, he gets the third fly, he's home. Now another guy's up to bat. Who knows what happens there? But now the next team is like, okay, our guy's at second, lay down the bunt. You know, let's try to get two guys on base. Let's see what they do. You know, do they. Do they try to hold up the guy at, at second with the bunt? You know, like there's a lot to it because sometimes people will just want they'll rather they they rather keep the lead runner in a spot. Now you have a force out, you know, you didn't move the runner and now you have a force out at third. If it's a grounder to third or short, now you can get the lead runner and you can possibly turn a double play. So there's a lot of strategy and I like I like it. I think you have to keep going with it. Um, you don't want to lose fans. You want to create new fans, and that's the goal. Basketball is doing it internationally. Football is doing it by going international and adding more games to the season and changing their overtime rules. And now, baseball is trying to get it as well. So I I don't I don't disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. I want to thank Robert Griffin for joining us. Please go back and download on our youtube channel but also subscribe on wherever you get your podcast platforms uh you can check it out episode by episode or you can digest the whole show either way some good stuff out there we talked about colin kaepernick or kellen Mond. should colin kaepernick actually be on a roster please go back and listen to that um but that'll do it for us today on the ron johnson show have a great day